Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you here this morning. And welcome to our uh, fifth and final series on serving in your sweet spot. Uh, just as a reminder, too, this is the last time this summer when we will be meeting in here. Next week, we go back to our, uh, our regular times, our, kind of our regular format. And so we'll be back in the sanctuary. And uh, for adult classes starting up again, uh, Sunday school, 930 and um, church service at 10.30. And so if you show up at 9.30 hoping for snacks, you should just bring your own snacks but, and maybe something to share. But just, uh, just as a reminder that, that that's happening next week. Uh, so this week we had our VBS. And f- I, f- to begin with, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of the people who helped out. And if we could, um, if you helped out with VBS in any way, I know you hate this, but would you please stand so we can just honor you and say thank you? It's awful, I know, but yep, just let us. <laughs> thank you. Um, 85 kids, a uh, couple dozen workers, over $900 raised towards the backpack program, uh, lots of singing and good music. I have had songs stuck in my head. Um, all week, this morning, most of yesterday, uh, they just don't go away. So anyways, it was just a really, really great week and uh, such a fantastic event. So thank you for that. Also, um, want to say a welcome and a congratulations to uh, Ryan and Chandra Maneri. They've been officially received into membership. And so we're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be sure just to, to welcome them and talk to them afterwards. We were kind of joking about what all that means and might not mean, but most of it was silly. But we're really glad to, yeah, just to have you guys here and, and are thrilled that, that you guys came on as members. So thank you and welcome. That's awesome. Um, FYI, uh, new lights are getting installed uh, in the parking lot this week. And so uh, just something to be aware of next time you show up, you know, swing by sometime in the evening a week from now. It'll all be lit up and wonderful and beautiful and uh, that kind of thing. So just want to let you know that, that that project has been going on. We've been fundraising for that for all year, and that's happening this week, and we're pretty excited about it. In your bulletins are nomination ballots. We're getting ready for our annual meeting on September 10, and part of that is uh, electing people to the leadership board. And this is a, a big deal, and, and we want to do it well, and so um, we are still uh, very much congregationally led in that um, uh, the congregation uh, nominates and then elects people to, to the leadership board. And um, on the back, we have a list of requirements, or not requirements, but, you know, Scripture outlines, uh, you know, just different kind of character traits that are important for, for leadership in the church. And I know that initially the list looks intimidating, um, but one thing I, I would say, or, or just point out, as I have kind of learned more about this, one is that you'll see that a lot of these really start with um, people's, almost like their personal life, how they interact with their family, how they interact with their friends, in some ways how they interact when, when no one's around. And the reason that it's so important that, that someone be well-established in those before they go into church leadership is that when you, when you go into a place like church leadership where you're simply given more influence, it takes all those things that you do in private and it magnifies them, and it, and, it, and it magnifies the influence, and it magnifies the impact of that. Uh, I was really convicted a while back hearing one, one gentleman talk about why the gift of hospitality or skill at hospitality is so important in church leadership. 
Because if someone is not hospitable in their personal life, then they will not be hospitable in church life, and they will lead or govern in the church with a non-hospitable attitude. And so you want people who are very hospitable, right? And this is just one of, of several examples, you know. But if you see someone, you say, man, like they, they welcome people into their home. They, they, they greet people um, at church. They're just, you know, they're, they're welcoming to the stranger. That's a positive thing, and you want that amplified at the church level. And so that's why you, you go through the list, and, and it's some important stuff, but just kind of some reflections on those and, and why they're important and, uh, and things to be thinking about. So, you know, if, if you got names already, you can go ahead and, and fill those out, and um, um, I think we'll probably just put them in the offering bag. If you have more questions or you want to talk to someone, feel free to talk to anyone on the leadership board. Uh, we have a couple different positions. Um, many of you know that Heidi is moving to um, Hillsboro, which makes us sad. Um, she is also, though, on the leadership board, so we need one person to finish her term. We also need uh, another person, kind of a member at large, and then a treasurer. And uh, Chuck um, uh, has been doing it for this last three years, and, um, and so his term, is, his term is up, so we need to uh, elect either him or someone else. And so there is, uh, yeah, some some stuff there with, uh, with treasure and managing money and that kind of thing. Um, in regards to office hours, just stay tuned, check your bulletin. Uh, I'm going to be gone. Um, Joni's going to take a few vacation uh, days as well too, but just check your bulletin on a weekly basis for that. Uh, and lastly, uh, Joanne and I leave this afternoon for our sabbatical. Um, you guys graciously blessed us with a four-week sabbatical, and so um, we're going home, everything's all packed, we're going to do lunch, and then, and then we're gone. And um, we're starting off with a retreat for pastors and spouses in California, and then we'll be on the road doing some other stuff, uh, visiting family. Uh, my grandma lives in Ohio and is 96 and lives on her own and does CrossFit twice a week, and so anyways, we're going to go spend some, some time with her. Um, one of the things that has, has, has always been kind of a conviction for me, I was chatting with a coworker, and he goes, the sabbatical is not just a, a break from work, it's a Sabbath rest. And that always messed with me a little bit, because I always thought that those were the same thing. <laughs> but they're not, they're totally different things. A vacation is just a break from work. But a sabbatical, or even a Sunday, is a Sabbath rest. And they're different. And I'm still exploring and trying to figure out what that is. But to, we can take a break from work, but still come back tired, still come back not having connected with our Creator, still not having spent good time with the Word, right? A Sabbath rest is something deeper. It's beyond physical rest. There's spiritual rest. There's emotional rest. There's uh, spending quality time with our God and, and with our Savior. And so um, just know that for us, this is not like binge on Netflix, Netflix for a few weeks. Um, this is Sabbath rest for us, and, and we're pretty excited about it and uh, trying to be very intentional about that. Check in on the church's Facebook page every so often. I'll be posting just a few little hellos and greetings from, uh, yeah, kind of throughout the month and kind of different places where we're at. So I uh, just want to let you know that. While I'm gone, we have very good speakers lined up, so this is no excuse to skip. First person covering is Heidi, okay, and you don't want to hurt her feelings, so you should all be here next week. Um, so that'll be really great. Rod Jost is going to come in and share. Uh, for those of you that don't know Rod, that's uh, Dean and Loretta's son. Uh, he pastors out in Wyoming, great guy, great communicator, uh, thrilled to have him come and speak. Um, we're doing another Serve Sunday, which is very exciting, and so we're arranging uh, projects with the school. There's a, um, it's a few days before school starts, so there's lots of stuff going on there. We'll have things here. Um, if the city has some stuff, we'll have some city stuff. There should be stuff available for all ages and, and all abilities. So once again, everyone should show up. And um, I don't know, uh, Christine, should we say anything more about Serve Sunday? Part of it is backpacks. We're gonna, there's some lists back there. We want to prep some backpacks not only for MCC, but our local school here in town just for teachers to have on hand with some supplies. Uh, so there will be more information coming on that, Serve Sunday. And then um, Garvey Schmidt will then also be sharing. And uh, many of you know Garvey. He was pastor here for many years. And um, so he'll be back sharing once again. So it's a great lineup, and y'all should show up. 
and it'll be a really great, great month. We're going, I'm going to get ready to, to do prayer. Then we're going to have, um, we're going to show a slideshow of the week during the offering. Uh, I'd invite you to, to continue to, to give generously. Um, we're a little bit behind on our offering this year. All of our teams have been under budget, but our giving and our income has been under, under budget. And um, so we're just wanting to be sure to, to finish out the year strong and um, hopefully not have to, to pull any money from savings. Um, but yeah, there, we'll, we'll keep you updated as, as we go along on that, but uh, would just ask you to, to continue to, to give uh, until the end. Our, um, the fiscal year ends end of August, just so you know. I think that's about it for announcements. Time of prayer. Um, we want to continue to pray for Tiffany. She's still uh, recovering from surgery. I got a text from Mark Jost about 10 minutes ago because when you have brain surgery, you're allowed to skip church and text the pastor in the middle of church. And um, he is doing well, but uh, they meet with the cancer doctor next week for more information on treatments and next steps, and they're still waiting to hear back on the tumor that they removed from his brain. So we want to continue to pray for Mark. Uh, we want to pray for all the kids that were a part of VBS. I mean, just what a neat opportunity. And I, I, am, a, I am astounded... And maybe I shouldn't be astounded, but I just, I, I never want to take for granted the trust that the community has in that they are willing to drop off their kids with us, let them teach their kids about Jesus and scripture for a whole week, and then, and, you know, and then come back a couple hours later and, and pick up their kids, right? Like, that, that's really unique and really unusual, and we never want to take um, just that opportunity and that trust for granted. That is a fantastic thing. And so we want to continue to pray for the kids, pray for the families, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and also just this next month with Serve Sunday coming up and a variety of speakers and that kind of deal. So let's have a word of prayer and then we'll have the offering and, and watch a, a video summarizing the week. Heavenly Father, thank you for a good day. God, thank you so much for this last week of VBS. God, thank you for these precious, wonderful children. Thank you that, that you love them far more than we do, which is really kind of hard to understand at times, but you do. God, thank you for the, the trust that the community has. May we never break that trust. Lord, I pray for every kid, for every parent kid, for every worker. Lord, that, that the lessons they learned, so true, presented in a simple way, but yet so true, and, and truths that we will need to keep on learning the rest of our lives. And I, I pray that they would just sink deep within these kids and within these parents and workers. Or that we would always remember that you built us with intentionality and with purpose and for a reason. And that there was creativity and beauty and artistry and detail involved when you designed each one of us. And Lord, the kids learned about it. Today, as adults, we keep learning about it. And Lord, I pray that, that from that awe and wonder would spring worship for you. We continue to pray for Tiffany, for healing and restoration over her body, for strength for her family. We pray for Mark, just for a, a, a clear report of, of no more cancer, that he would heal and recover well, and, and again for family. Lord, we pray for Serve Sunday as, as we simply look to express your love to our community in tangible ways. Lord, I pray that you would lead us and, and direct us uh, to good projects and, um, and, and to good relationships and connections. And Lord, I pray that, that somehow people would experience your love through just a very tangible act of service. God, thank you just for another wonderful morning. We ask for your guidance, for your, your peace, for your blessing this morning. We want to hear from you, Lord. We are here to meet with you. And I pray that for each one of us here, as we continue to study your word and, and meet in, in small groups, um, that we would just continue to have understanding on how you made us with a reason and a purpose. We love you, Lord. Amen.
Kids, you can go to kids' time. We'll see you around 11.20. Have fun. So today we're wrapping up our sermon series on serving in your sweet spot. And uh, the goal or, or the hope of this has been to uh, really kind of create a space where, where we can just get better understanding of how God made us, uh, how he has gifted us, empowered us, and then the, we can then serve out of that. Uh, you know, many years ago, um, I worked on a, I was uh, going to school for a master's in, in cell and molecular biology and was working in a lab and, and hated it. <laughs> just... And, you know, you just kind of keep going because you got to keep going and, you know, you shouldn't quit. You just got to press through the hard times and that kind of deal. And by the end, uh, it was, you know, wake up and not want to go to the lab and then go to the lab and then wait for five o'clock to come so I could go home and put off homework that I didn't like. And, and then I, w- I would actually prolong going to sleep because if I went to sleep, then the morning would come and I'd have to go back to the lab, right? Well, that's a horrible way to live, you know. And do we need... Uh, godly men and women studying court and expression in a trisomic 16 mouse? Yes. Should that be me? No. Right? Um, Fast forward several years and I'm working in a job that that I love and I go and I leave in the morning and I mean I guess I could go home at five but that's boring. There's nothing there for me so I just hang out you know until eight, nine, ten o'clock at night because I love it and that's that's fun for me and actually um, it, 
you know, after, or once I was in that and then got married and started having kids, it was kind of, kind of an adjustment to start to pull back, to be like, oh, well, I should go home for supper because I have a wife now, and that's what you do. And so, um, yeah, you, you know, that was, that, that was more how God wired me because I firmly believe that God's call on our life and how he has wired us and created us and made us are linked and that our call is, is in many ways revealed by how he has made us and that um, God wants us to, to thrive and, and to do well and to succeed. And so because we're wired for these things, they're things that we enjoy and we find fulfillment in and purpose in and we're good at and that kind of thing. So, um, so we're on our, our last sermon series of this, Serving in Your Sweet Spot. We started off in Ephesians and uh, looked at a verse there that, that um, talks about uh, different roles in the church and, and, and one of them just being or pastor and that our role is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so if you look at Ephesians, I have one job and that's to equip you for the work of the ministry. So when I, when I work with leadership team and team leaders and other groups, we're looking to raise an army, not an audience. Right? Your role is not to show up and consume, right? but rather together we work together in a collaborative effort so that we can see God's kingdom expand in Henderson and beyond. Team effort, no one gets to sit on the sidelines. That, that's what we're after. Um, we looked at spiritual gifts. We, we use the acronym SHAPE. Uh, so we start off with S, looking at spiritual gifts. We looked at 1 Corinthians 12, one of my favorite verses in there, uh, talking about how every person has a spiritual gift. How it is an expression of the Holy Spirit. It's an expression of the living being. And it is for the betterment of others, not personal gain. Uh, then after that, we looked at the H and the A using the SHAPE acronym. So heart and abilities. What are your passions? What are, what are the place where, where you have almost kind of both this love but also this righteous anger that, that there's kind of an injustice taking place? right? If all you have is, is righteous anger, it's probably just anger. It's probably not righteous anger, okay? And you probably just have an attitude problem. But righteous anger is always accompanied by a godly love and an understanding of God's heart for the situation and a love for the people involved. And so where do you have that? And then abilities, just what are your unique skills and abilities? Uh, then we looked at personality, how God has hardwired us. And, and, and we looked at the, uh, the verse where um, we're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And how even though we engage in all four of those, we really tend to specialize in one of those. Our heart people are, are very, they're very verbal, they're very good at discussion. Our soul people are good at emotion and empathy and feeling things deeply. Our mind people are good at thinking and mental and cognitive and analyzing. Our strength people are good at doing. They're physical, they're practical, they're doers. Today we're going to look at the E, the experiences, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit, and so that in our table discussion, um, we can really kind of wrap all of this together. This is our last time to go through this together. Um, so experiences. Um, experiences are very valuable, and, and perhaps if there was one, one concept that I would want you to embrace today, it's just that there is value to my experiences and to all of my experiences. And all of my experiences actually can be used or redeemed to bless others, to serve others, to, to expand his kingdom, to glorify God, to help others out. There's incredible value in our experiences. A uh, key verse on this that we're going to start off with, Romans 8.28, uh, reading from the NIV here. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Um, here's what this verse does not say, because there's a lot of misunderstandings on this verse. This verse does not say that all things work out the way that I want them to work out. Okay, write that down. Stuff happens in our life that, that, that you don't want to have happen. Uh, we live in a fallen, broken world. Satan is real. He's present. He's actively hunting you. Uh, we struggle with sin in our lives. Disease happens. Hardship happens. Persecution happens. I mean, people come into my office and they just dump sin and suffering all over my nice, clean table all the time. And we talk about it and we work through it and we bring it before the Lord. And it's good stuff. But we're, we're just, we're constantly kind of walking through this mire of sin and suffering and 
sometimes we're suffering because of sin and sometimes we're sinning because of suffering and sometimes it's our own and sometimes it's someone else's but it's just part of our reality some of our hardships are from a broken and fallen world some of them are god's doing because he disciplines those he loves hebrews 12 6 for the lord disciplines the one he loves he chastises every son whom he has received many of you are parents you do this all the time for your kids you are doing stuff for your kids that they don't want to have happen because you believe that it's good for them. So you do things like send them to school every day. Bring them to church when they don't want to come. You make them do homework. You discipline them for them. You make them apologize when they've hurt someone. You make them clean their room, right? I mean, you do fun things too, like you feed them take them on vacation, buy them Legos, whatever, that kind of stuff. But we recognize that parenting is more about what is good for the child as compared to what is fun for the child. Same thing in God's interaction with us. What is good for us as compared to what is just fun for us. This verse does not say that all things work out the way I want them. It also does not say that all things end happy on earth. Uh, Hebrews 11 is kind of the who's who of Old Testament characters. lists all these great men and women of faith in the Bible. It starts, you know, so-and-so by faith, and then it gives like a little blurb on what they did, and it's, and it's kind of this remarkable list. But in the very middle of it, um, uh, actually a couple different places, though, it says something to this, or I'll read verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Abraham was promised that he would have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. He didn't see that happen, right? He, he saw a couple, but he didn't see that. Um, Moses' parents knew that Moses was special, but they did not see the fullness of who he would become or what he would do. But they saw it and they welcomed it from a distance, and the fullness of that really developed after these people had, had passed away. This verse does not say that all things end happy on earth. Here's what it does say. It says that we know. We're certain. We're confident. There's no doubt. There's no question. There's not even a, a, a hint of doubt. We know with absolute certainty that in all things. And all is kind of a big word because, it, you know, like it means all, right? Like there's no, like if you look up the original Greek, it's, all right like I mean it's everything like there, there's nothing excluded which is really kind of trippy when you start to think about what are all the aspects of your life your bad mistakes your pain your sorrow your hardship your greatest moments of joy your good days your bad days in all things god works for the good so there's a grand design there's no luck there's no faith there's no karma there's no random chance there is a design behind your life god loves to bring the good out of the bad he loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections he loves to, to turn our sorrow into joy our tears into laughing there's a fantastic verse in joel joel 2:25. i will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts has eaten. We've been going through the uh, um, oh, um, Laura Ingalls Wilder books with the kids. And at one place in, the, in those books, they, they talk about the, the locusts just devastating the crops. Thousands of them just destroying all vegetation. And then they, they laid eggs in the soil and it was just like this, the, all of the, the field was just like this honeycomb of eggs and they knew that that next year they would all hatch and destroy next year's crop as well too we don't have those kind of locusts today because they're they're actually extinct but but we have other things working to destroy our lives right we face things like cancer or adultery or the loss of a child or a miscarriage or family member refusing god 
pain from bad decisions, betrayal, bitterness, loss of job, bankruptcy, our own bad decisions. And it's really hard to imagine that in any of this God could redeem it, but yet that's kind of his specialty. And that's really one of the things that makes our God so unique is that he is so generous and so willing to take those hard things, redeem them, and then not just redeem them, but then actually use them to bless others. I know of no other God that even advertises trying to do that. The last part of the verse is those who love him, which is important because it actually means that this is not a promise for everyone. It's a promise for those who love him. When I deny my creator his right to lead and guide, then everything is not working for the good. Then, then, then this verse is, is, is no longer in play. So that's some of God's doing and, and God's heart. Um, our responsibility in this. You know, typically it's, it's, the good experiences aren't the problem, right? Like this whole sermon really isn't about the good experiences because the good experiences are just, they're great and we gladly share those and use those and that kind of thing. The bigger, the bigger hardship is dealing with the hard experiences. And the first thing that we have to do simply is to embrace them, own them. The good ones, the bad ones, the shameful ones, the embarrassing ones. God can redeem it. But first, we got to like dig it out of the shallow grave in the backyard where we tried to hide it, right? Like we just got to own up to it. Stop running from them. And maybe part of that is a healing experience, but, but that involves other people, right? And we also know that, that in owning our hard experiences, I think we intuitively recognize that in small town, this is harder. Because we don't want to become known for that one bad decision in high school or in college. And so we just, we proceed with a bit of caution. And so there's kind of almost like an extra layer of fear for those of us in small town. And so it requires a lot of trust on our part that God is going to be looking out for us. It requires trust just in, in the Christian community. And it requires grace that we don't define others in that same way. Where we don't let one experience or one bad decision define someone in small community. First we have to own them, then we have to extract the lessons. Uh, to simply talk about the pain or the sorrow, I mean, that's okay, but what's the lesson? What are we learning? What, what do we, you know, I mean, just an unexamined experience has little value. You'd almost say no value. I mean, mistakes properly mined are one of the greatest resources for wisdom we have. Successes are good too, but we don't tend to analyze them because, ah, everything went well, and so we just carry on. But then we have no idea why it was successful or how it was successful or even if we could repeat it. But our mistakes and our failures, when we, when we really go through those, Man, you learn five times as much out of one good failure as you do from two or three successes. Look for the benefits. Why did I enjoy it? What was it about that job or, or that activity uh, that I really liked? Examine the experience. Look for patterns, especially in our failures, right? We tend to fail in the same way every time. What are the patterns? Why is it that I keep doing this over and over and over again? Those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. To possess maturity is to extract wisdom and understanding from the everyday events of life. Keep a journal, not a diary. A diary is just kind of like these are the things I did. A journal is every time I learn an important lesson, I write it down so that hopefully I'll remember it tomorrow and don't have to relearn it. Own your experiences, embrace them, extract the lessons. And then third, this is, this is where it gets good. We use them to help others. When we realize that the purpose of our life is more than our own happiness, that there is purpose in helping others, I mean, one, it just makes the problem so much easier to handle and, and deal with. You, 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 you look at life with a different lens. One of the best ways to simply, you know, help others is, is to minister to them. I mean, who better 
to walk alongside someone going through the process of divorce than someone who has been through the process of divorce. Who, who better to walk alongside someone who is battling cancer than someone who has already been down that path, right? And, and sometimes we need professional counseling alongside that, but to be able to have that person who has been there, who has experienced it, who understands the details and the nuances of our pain and suffering, that's amazing. 2 Corinthians 1.4, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the Father, the God of comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. God never wants to waste a hurt. He doesn't want to waste yours. He wants to use them to help others and to bless others. And the thing that you are most embarrassed about may someday become one of your greatest areas of ministry. And it's, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but often we can help people more through our weaknesses than our strengths because while people appreciate your strengths, they resonate with your weaknesses. When someone is suffering and you come in from a place of strength, they're like, okay, that's nice, thank you. But when you come in from a similar place of brokenness, there's just this sense of you get it. You understand me. Also just in motivating others, right? People see that it can be done. It can be survived. It can be worked through. It can be overcome. The joy is possible. It gives people hope when you have walked that path ahead of them. Uh, it can be a great model for others, right? our strengths and our weaknesses it's god wants us to be a model of him that's why we're called christians we're supposed to be like little christs which sounds really egotistical but it's there in scripture and paul always talked about i want you to to model your life after me but it's just it is human nature to imitate you want to get good at something you find someone who's good at it and then you imitate their life their pattern their their, their disciplines we grow through imitation um and even just mentoring. Um, I've, I've hammered you guys w with this several times. I'm going to keep hammering with it. Some of you have a lot of life experience. Do not take that to the grave. Do everything you can to give that away. If you do not actively seek to give away what you have learned, that is one of the most selfish things you can do in the final years of your life. Take everything that you have learned and seek away to give that to others. Folks, we all have garbage, and dirty laundry, and stuff that we're embarrassed about, and, and just things we'd rather not talk about or that we're not proud of. But we know from Scripture that God can use all of that, all of that, for His good, for the expansion of His, His kingdom, for the blessing of others. God never wants to waste a hurt. Yeah, so use your experiences to bless, to guide others, and then it can be something that can glorify God. We're going to split into our small groups. I'm going to invite any table group leaders that we have in the room to go ahead and head to a table. There are handouts on the far right-hand side, and then I'm going to explain to the rest of you kind of what we're doing, because I know we have some visitors here, people who haven't been here before. What we've been doing is we've been working through this acronym. Um, so the very first packet there, we, we looked at spiritual gifts. Um, then we looked at heart and abilities. And so the next packet there, there was some material on just how to reflect on what are my passions and what are my abilities. Then the, the third packet, there was some uh, stuff on how to reflect on um, personality and on experiences. And so if you want any copies of that material, feel free to take it. Then we've been doing is, is sitting around at the table and working through and, and talking through this. And um, so if your table already has a discussion leader, that's great. That's someone to just guide you through the discussion. If your table doesn't have a discussion leader, just, just appoint someone. Uh, you'll figure out a way. Just pick someone to, to lead you through it. Um, for those of you who, who are visiting here today or you've missed out on the other Sundays, that's fine. You're part of this. You don't get to duck out. Just, just find people you know or trust or who are kind of polite and uh, be sure to sit at a table with them. And um, we'll fit anywhere from 8 to 12 around a table. 
And um, so there's just kind of some fun get-to-know-you questions. Uh, and then there's, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of a ministry arrow. And uh, there's a spot in there to fill out what you know. So if, if you know your spiritual gift, if you know your passion, just fill out what you know. And then this is a time for us to really kind of speak into one another's lives and say, oh yeah, I see that. And hey, here, here are some of our ideas. This one's a little bit um, unique in that it does require just more, um, yeah, I, for lack of a better term, kind of speaking in, in, into one another's lives and brainstorming on ideas on ways to, to serve in the church or in the community. So um, I'm going to go ahead and release you guys to do that. The kids are going to come back in at about 11.20. That's our alarm clock that we're going to wrap up and we'll sing a, more, a few more songs at the end. And then we're done. So I'm going to pray real quick and then you all can go. Heavenly Father, thank you for the beautiful way that you created us. And God, you are so generous and so unique in that you can take any of our experiences, all of our experiences, and use them to serve you, honor you, bless others, comfort others. And God, we want to... We, we, we want to live that to the full. Lord, may all of our experiences, uh, may we own them, may we embrace them, um, may we extract the lessons, and may we look to give them away to others. We love you, Lord. Amen. Okay, you're dismissed uh, to get in your tables.